give it up for Randy Don Giovanni. There it is. <laughs> Reconstruct, huh? It's kind of gross, bro. Here are the remains of. Is it, what's wrong with you? What's wrong? Well, you're going to have to if you reconstruct the whole site. How many threw up just now with me? Anybody just threw up with me? Gosh. Hey, I want to, first of all, um, I, I want to say that I am so thankful for Reload. Can I, send, can I tell you this? I, if I get a little hoarse today, I apologize. I won't do that thing, but I'm just saying I've been on the road the last six weeks um, from Wichita, Kansas, bilingual Hispanic church, to Kentucky, to um, still in Chicago, doing so many crazy things and so many different weekends. And I just reacquainted myself with my wife last week. So it's, it's been a heck of a journey. Um, but uh, I just want to tell you that as I travel all over the country, Randy, you killed a couple weeks ago. And Jess, it, it, I, I, I can't do any kind of justice to what you guys have been preaching. And it's preached so much in here and it's talked about so much in here. There's so much to be thankful for this group. This is not happening all over the country. Now, I'm not saying there's not pockets of men's ministry and guys are getting together for breakfast. I ran into one a couple weeks ago in Wichita, Kansas, uh, where I had a chance to ask them some questions because they really didn't sound like people that knew Jesus. But they had their Bibles open, and it was kind of a unique situation. I want to get into it. So anyways, but, but there are people, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you understand the value of the morning, the Tuesday mornings. It's really pretty cool. You get a shot on Sunday, the biggest shot, and then you get a shot on Tuesday, and you get a shot on Wednesday, and then the young adults get a shot on Thursday, and then you come right back again, and you get so many shots that you're totally vaccinated. <laughs> For Jesus. I have a mandate, and the mandate is Christ, and I'm tired of this country and culture trying to tell us what we can and can't do. I'm kind of this little rebel, I guess, that's just like, you know what, tell me what I can't do, and I'm going to promise you that I'm going to do it. Um, you know, I'm kind of like a Bernie Blaukamp, you know, it's kind of like bulldozer, and, uh, and then he says, I'm sorry, on the way out, and then everybody forgives him. How do you know what I'm talking about? I want you to turn to Colossians chapter 2. I, I just want to encourage you. I, I, I'm, I know that sometimes we get into, are we saved, and are we born again, and are we following Jesus, and are we doing our thing like reading our Bible and stuff, but I don't think you show up on a Tuesday morning if you didn't, weren't serious about Jesus. I know there's a lot of people show up on Sunday mornings, but they're not serious about Jesus. And in our culture, it's like, I thank you for the hand, salvation, 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 salvation. God bless you. Here's a prayer. People go, but there's no follow-up mentorship, and that's why we're losing sheep. We're, we're losing lambs. We're losing people that say they're saved, but then they're dr still drinking it, smoking it, choking it, chewing it. And I'm saved, and there's no transformation, Romans, of your mind. And I just want to encourage you that it's not about just reconciliation, but it's about transformation. And I want to encourage you as, I want you to say this with me, I am relevant. Now, you know you screamed that over the Michigan-Michigan State game this weekend, and I, I saw people out of nowhere wearing Notre Dame stuff, and I'm like, man, what, what, what's, what's wrong with you, man? This is the biggest weekend of the year for Michigan. I got Notre Dame people in Michigan. Put the shirt away, okay? And just scream and yell for either green and white or blue and gold. You know, how many know what I'm talking about? How many are Michigan State people in here today? How many, are, how many want to admit you're a Michigan person today? Okay. I, I won't say anything about the referees. So anyways, Colossians. 
<laughs> but little brother did some spanking, man. I'm telling you, that running back, what, what? he's going to go big. I'm just telling you, he's awesome, okay? Colossians chapter 2, this is Paul writing. I want to give you a, a, a really cool uh, perspective from my angle. I went to Rome a couple years ago, and I'll talk about this, this prison cell. But this is Paul, and he's talking in, in Colossians. You know, they say Paul wrote 13 to 14 different of the New Testament um, passages, New Testament books, most of it written from prison or beat up or he's damaged and something's happened to his life and he comes out of these places with this kind of writing. And it says this in, in chapter 2, verse 2 through 4, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God both of the Father and of Christ, in whom all hidden, excuse me, are hidden all the treasures, all the treasures, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how we have people in our life that like to manipulate things? How many people know manipulators? How many people know? Sometimes they're your kids. Sometimes they're you with your wife. I'm just telling you, or your wife with you. But people do manipulate. They twist words. They change words. They, they have persuasive words. How many are you following me so far? It doesn't matter how much we get with the Lord and stuff. We're in there. All of a sudden, somebody says something. It's like, what, what? And there's always an angle. How many understand there's always an angle? How many of you are business people? You own your own place and stuff, or you work companies, right? How many know that there's always somebody coming in like me? that I have an angle because I want a discount. Um, come on now. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? You're like, listen, there's not a sell on this? Like, it, like, I thought I saw there was a tag. It's like going to Kohl's. And you're in the wrong department, but you see like $2.16, and you're about to buy it, and then you find out that, that somebody took that sign and put it somewhere else. You ain't getting it for two sixteen, but you're trying to, you're trying to talk them into it. How many know what I'm talking to? Come on. And this is what happens in our life. Like we start to talk ourselves out of stuff or into stuff. We, we manipulate. We try to change things. We try to make, make it like conscious. But here's what Paul is. Paul is this. It says, what is persuasive words? What do we believe? It says good or persuading someone to do or believe in something through reasoning or the use of temptation. Or the use of temptation. And Paul was trying to say, stay away from these people. Stay away from this ideology. Because there's always somebody wanting to get the deal. Come on. How many times, gentlemen, have you tried to talk your wife into something? I need another bow. I need another gun. I need a crossbow. Because I'm getting a little older. It's a little easier to trigger. I just pick it up. <laughs> I put meat in the freezer. Come on, woman. How many know what I'm talking about now? Y'all thinking now you're all like, oh, snap, there you go. It's almost like going to these journeys with Skip and the rest. And we get to these journeys and we say we're so real with God. We're so honest with God. But there's still something that we're not truthful about. And Paul wants to try to encourage us. In fact, it says this. He says encourage. Life should be all about this. Our culture today... It's more about trying to get ahead 
It's all about self. Christ is looking for building the body of Christ. Romans chapter 12. That's what Christ was about. When he always said this, I love what Christ always said, is if you see me, you've seen the Father. He didn't say he was the Father. He didn't say it was all about him. He just said, if you see me, you've seen the Father. When I perform miracles, it's because the Father allows me to. See, when we start to walk, and we start to walk in the power of the wisdom and encouragement of the Scripture, like Paul did, then you know what? We'll set the captive free. Now, let me give you a little skinny where this guy's at. Some of you know, Colossians, he's in prison. And he's writing this from prison. Now, I was in Rome about four or five years ago, had a chance to go there. I preached there for like seven days, four out of the seven. Then I did some sightseeing. They took us into Rome, and they took us to the prison where Paul was. Now, they made it nice now because it's a tourist attracting place. How many know that you're not going to see what he saw or what he experienced? There's no blood on the walls. There's no people being lowered. But there's a hole. And they didn't just lower the person down the hole. They threw the person in a hole. And it might be something like maybe five to six feet. It's not that tall. It's not that height. Like, I'm in there, and I'm like, hey, man, I can touch that hole. And I'm only five, six. They put a big guy in there. You know, like Randy, Randy, he'd be, his head be sticking up like, hey, hey, when am I getting out of here? They'd be like, you know what I'm saying? So they made it good enough to where you couldn't, or they crippled you, or they hurt you. But I don't know if you noticed, it was underground. And it, what, what the stream that ran through was all the feces and all the waste of the city. So there's all this, there's all, all this stuff all over the place, okay? And there's little tiny nooks where you can crawl up on the side, lean against the wall, and there's a little tiny like a little ledge here where you could put a candle, and this is where Paul wrote from. But he's writing these words from prison. So the big question you I have, too, and I had to put it for next week, is what kind of prison are you writing from? And I'm not talking about the prison like, like it's a torture prison. I'm talking about the prison of your heart. Is it set on the things of God that even when you're in the circumstance, you're still writing about his glory? Come on, man. You know, you hear it all the time. I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, no matter what you're going through, start to write. Start to pen. You've got stuff. Start to write something that makes sense to you. And I'm going to share a story at the end that something that impact people's lives forever. Ephesians chapter 4.12. Ephesians 4.12 says this. For the perfecting of the saints... Unto the work of the ministers, unto the building up of the body of Christ. I want to encourage you that every word you say can transform somebody's life. You know, James says the power of the tongue. How many people know this? We have the power to give life or to take life. We have the power for a son to say, son, you're going to do greater things than I could ever do. I had a grandfather, had a grandfather, and my grandfather was my father. My grandfather was my lifeline. My grandfather was my teacher trainer. First generation from Italy come over was my grandfather. And he talked about a broken accent. You've heard these stories before. But he, would, he, would, uh, he, was, a hair, he was a barber, okay? Go figure. Bald, or, bald, bald, but he had these lamb chops. Some people know they used to pull this forward. They'd pull it forward and he'd have like, or pull it backwards. Like he had big hair, but he had his big lamb chops. You know what I'm saying? And he'd talk like this. And he'd, he'd say to the customers, let me ask you one question. on And it was always when they leaned the back to do the shave. Straight razor shave, foamed him up, laid him back, and he would start asking questions. I have just a one question on it. Now, I'm shining the shoes of the customers, and I'm doing a spit shine. In that moment, I'm spitting everything I got. 
Because I'm thinking if that guy answers wrong, oh, I'm sorry, Jimmy. I, I, a little too close to the ear. <laughs> you know, it's like Peter being in the garden. Oh, there it is. I put it back on. You know what I'm saying? And he would get you back. And he would say, I just have one question. Do you know, have you had a relationship with Jesus Christ? And I'm like, oh, man, it's getting busy. I'm only like eight, nine years old. And I'm thinking, man to man preaching, because if this guy says something wrong, I'm like, just say it. Just say it. Just, just go with it. He's like, Frank, what are you doing? He goes, I just asked a coin cash. And he would, and he would say, I, I should. And he would, perfect. Never cut anybody. Never cut anybody in all the years. But he would always ask the question. And he was always the person that would encourage. And he would say things like this. So listen, I'm not the concern about the, your life and where you're at. I want to know where you're going. And see, we get stuck in the at. We don't get to the go. Because you know why life's heavy. How many know life's heavy? I mean, three of you. Okay, that's okay. I, I, I got it. You know what I'm saying? We had a big breakfast. <laughs> I'm feeling heavy right now. I'm just saying. But I'm just telling you, life is too short. And here's Paul. He's writing from this prison. And he's writing these words to encourage your hearts. And he said, the hearts are encouraged and knit together. So what does he mean by this? Here's the explanation it says. The purpose behind Paul's letter to the Christians in Colossians is this. His desire is to fight spiritually for the fellow believers. Now, wait a minute. This is Paul that was Saul, that was, the Bible says, the chief of all sinners. How many follow me so far? Chief of all sinners, and he's writing this now because he had this epiphany with God. And he didn't just lay down one habit, two habits. He laid down his life. This man that now stands before all courts and he fights for the gospel of Jesus, and he gets imprisoned for the word of God, which before that he would say, no problem, buddy, I'll take and execute them all because I hate Christians. Before he was an advocate for the violence. You want to do a truck redo? It's, with Paul's scenes, it would be like, mm, I'm not going to reconstruct that because it got ugly. And this persecutor of the faith now all of a sudden has this epiphany with God Almighty, and he's blinded by the Holy Spirit. And then he's taken to a place where the Holy Spirit starts to pour into his life. And you can hear, listen, Paul lost his sight, but he could hear. He didn't lose his hearing. How many know that even though you don't see it, you hear it? Oh, come on, somebody. This is good stuff. You hear it. You hear that you're no good. You hear that you're, you're rejected. You hear that you're not good enough. How many people know what I'm talking about? And no matter if you're serving God, it's like don't think that way because we're never going to do that. You're never going to come back to the church. You're going to be over there, and that's where you're at to stay there. And God's going to mandate on all of us, and Paul's trying to encourage the mandate. And he says to these believers, he says spiritually, these fellow believers, he says, but this is, is difficult from a distance and from prison. While Paul was happy to hear the Colossians are standing strong in the faith, he sees potential problems. And even though we're at reload, how many know there's still spiritual problems? Because you live in the real, real world. We're living in a real culture that's anti-God, anti-fellowship. Come on, man. I mean, they're doing everything to strike us out. Jesse Owens, how many people remember? They tried to disqualify him for everything. And he ran his heart out. And he wins in the Olympics, right? In front of the man that killed everybody. 
didn't stop him from running. Oh, man, I saw the movies, man. I saw how he was treated, and it wasn't even anything to depict what he really went through. But I'm telling you, in all of our journeys and all of our disqualifications, Paul's saying this. Paul writes this letter to strengthen their faith against particular false teachings. The deceptions are mostly based on attractive, untrue arguments. How many know you get sometimes in arguments that are just like you shouldn't even be in? Like, I don't even argue with people anymore. I, I was in a restaurant a few, a few weeks ago in Wichita, Kansas, where these guys, I was telling you there's a Bible study going on, Wichita, Kansas. I'm at a bilingual Hispanic church. It's 87% Hispanic. I speak no Spanish. Maybe a little poco, just a little. And the pastor's like, and I'm like, okay, I'll take what he's having. And it comes back, and it's like, what is that? It's like, what is happening? I'm like, I don't want that. And I'm hearing these conversations, and I'm asking the pastor, his name is Hector Castro. I'm like, what? And he's starting to speak, and he's starting to say things, and he's like, well, they're talking, but they're mostly talking smacked, and they look like they have their Bibles out, but it's not really relative, and and I just went over and I just said, listen, I, I got a question, guys. I, I got a question. Are you all, uh, you all saved? Yeah, we're saved. Bible? Yeah, is this Bible study? Is, well, it's kind of like a you know, morning breakfast Bible study. I said, yeah, let's go. Now I'm from here. I don't want to start no trouble. But from what I'm hearing, and I don't understand Spanish that good, but I got a translator right here, and it's not like you're talking about Jesus. And they're like, where are you from again? I said, listen, I'm from a white place called Michigan. A lot of Dutch, where I'm not much. And I said, but wait a minute. I said, where's the uplifting? Where's the exhortation? Where's, where's the encouragement around this table? And one of the guys said to me, he said, listen, we have our own stuff. We're not into that right now. And I sat back down, and my heart was grieved because I thought, hey, pastor, you got a lot of work to do in this area. Even with the religious sect. How many know what I'm talking about? Listen, in Grand Rapids, you don't think there's a religious spirit in Grand Rapids? Why do we keep building churches? Why do we keep establishing churches? Because somebody doesn't get along with somebody else. I'm telling you, I, I've never seen so many, but I've never seen so many breweries popping up because the devil's at work too. And people are spending more time at breweries than they are on their, okay, I won't even. But I want to encourage you. Paul springboard into defense against the tricks being used against his readers. What he's saying is, he's saying, listen to the words that I'm writing you from prison. I like Philemon chapter 1 verse 20. It says, refresh my heart in Christ. There's two things I pray every morning. I told you guys this before and I tell young people all over the country. There's two things I pray in the morning. My dog gets me up about 4.15, about 5 o'clock. And I'm telling you, this morning, I apologize. I know I run in late. My table always teases me. Oh, it's my time you got here. It's a very encouraging table. <laughs> they had money on it this morning. I, I wonder if he'll make it. So anyways, I let the dogs out. I got to go out in the morning early, clap my hands because there's rabbits all over the place. And my dogs will get a rabbit in no man's dream. I'm just telling you, rip everything. It's like, oh, later a fur ball. I just, it's bad. I get my feet on the floor, and the first thing I say is, Lord, today, Lord, today. So guys, I want to encourage you, because the battle is the Lord's, but you're in the battle. How many know we're in the battle? We're in the battle, spiritually. Every single day, something happens. Something happens that just takes you off guard, and you're thinking it's not fair. Well, I'm telling you, life's not fair. Life's not fair. Life is a mess, okay? But if I walk through life with Christ, I can get through the mess, 
It's not easy. It's hard. But you know what? you got to stay focused. I want to encourage you. When my feet hit the ground, I say, Lord, today, Lord, today, in me, I'm only five foot six and three quarter. Today, I cause hell to shake. See, I heard there's some military people here today. Let me say something. We're in the battle. We're in the army of God. And I cause hell to shake. And I want to encourage you that are still fighting. You're still in, you're still in places in Maryland or wherever. I think I saw a young man. And God bless you, dude. There's no way you have five kids. I don't know how you did that one. But anyways, you look like one of the five. And, uh, but I want to encourage you. When you put your feet on the ground, I cause hell to shake. And the second one is this. Philemon chapter 120. Refresh my heart in Christ. If you will pray those two prayers every morning, I'm not saying the battle is going to come against you. It's not going to come against you. I'm just telling you this. You'll fight completely different. In fact, your battle is not yours. It's God's, but he'll help you and equip you. Colossians 1.10 says this. Colossians 1.10. So as to walk in the manner worthy to the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing, increasing, increasing in the knowledge of God. How many know sometimes we walk in the spirit of dumb-dumb? How many have ever walked in the spirit of dumb-dumb? Like, thank you, one, two. How many, how many know what I'm talking about? Your choices are like, what did I do that for? Okay, my wife's all the time telling me, mm, and I'm like, you have to remind me all the time? 35 years on Monday the 8th, 35 years. 37 and a half I've known her. She's still kicking my butt. And this is being recorded. Okay. 2 Timothy chapter, 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 2, 4. Who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. Knowledge of truth. And then the last one I'll give you this one. is 2 Peter 3, 18. 2 Peter 3, 18. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and and to the day of eternity. Amen. Now, I was talking about being deceived. 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, 1 through 5, is perfect for the deception of our culture. The Bible talks about there are people that would turn away from sound doctrine, from men's ministry, and they'll turn to whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will turn from sound doctrine to the myths. And that's our culture. Our culture is trying to dumb us down like we don't know Jesus. I'm not talking about this whole thing about vaccines. You do your thing, I'll do my thing. We'll find out in the end who's done the right thing. doesn't matter. You can choose to take it, you choose not to take it. But to mandate it, so I'm telling you this. What I'm saying to Biden, I wish I had him in my sight. Because I would yell when he leaves a press conference, doesn't answer. I would just yell, where is your heart? Where is your heart? Because it seems like everything's being ripped out around us and our hearts are being ripped out. How many know what I'm talking about? And we hated somebody so bad, so bad, that we voted for craziness. You're like, man, we're getting craziness. I've never seen, listen, I'm 62, and I know some of you are older. How many have ever seen something like this before in culture? If we don't stand up for something, we're going to fall for anything. And in our Christian culture, thank God for churches that speak the truth. Thank God for churches that still give altar calls. Thank God. Listen, I travel. I had a pastor say to me three weeks ago, how is it that you can lead 40 people to Christ in a morning service, have them come down, pray over them. We start, now we have the journey. Now I got a lot of work to do. And I'm like, wait, when's the last time you had? I haven't had 40 people saved in two years. What are we doing? 
I want to encourage you that every breath you take, every word you speak, it's all about Jesus. You have a chance to do what pastors can't do right now. You have a pastor, in, you have a position in the marketplace where we don't have the position in the marketplace. You have the position when somebody comes in, shake a hand, ask them the question, how are you doing? How's your faith? How's your family? How's you guys know relationship. Don't just go for the buck. Go for the heart. You follow? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish with this one. I, mm. This couple weeks ago, we did a thing at, in Kentucky. It was called Live Free. It's kind of, it's a youth thing like a men's thing. It's cleansing. It's generational curses, soul ties. It's, it's are we doing the right thing? We're writing, reading the right scriptures. It's all about freedom in two days. Two days packed in, man. And so I'm with this young woman, and she's, she's preaching her heart out. She's an evangelist. She's going, and I'm tag teaming. Pam, tag teaming. I'm coming up. I'm coming up. Some people say, you can't preach, Randy. Listen, you share the word of God, but you tell stories, and people get saved. I had one pastor say to me, man, you know what? I, I work exegetically. I, just, I give it all out there. I'm working hard on my scripture. You visit. You, can, you give scripture. You tell a couple stories. You're leading people to Christ. And I'm sitting there going, what's going on? And I'm like, why you judge me like that, man? Just let me go. This is my thing. That's your thing. You know, if I was pastoring a church, I'd be real deep. But I don't have time to get too deep because they're only giving me 25, 30 minutes to get what? So I'm there, and they have this young girl comes in, and the grandmother, grandmother which is not the grandmother. So let me give you the skinny here. This woman adopted a young lady. At, at like two or three years old, okay? This woman adopted a young girl. So it's not her biological daughter. That girl grows up and becomes a crack addict, heroin addict, boom. Out of wedlock, she has a child. Now the little girl's there and calls this woman her grandmother, but it's not her biological grandmother. You follow me? She says, Grandma, she says, I want to go to this weekend. I want to go so bad. And the grandmother's like, I'm going to take you. They're not living around the area. They're about maybe 40 minutes outside the area. They heard about this. And she says, I'll take you. She said, oh, uh, you know, what, what do we want to pack? She goes, but I have friends. Can I bring? I have seven great friends I'm going to bring. All of them have been molested. All of them have been foster care. All of them have homes like no man's dream. Single parenting, no parent, live with other grandparents. So this young lady invites seven, all eight girls come. This woman rents a trailer, like a mobile home, like a trailer home. And she rents a truck, and she pulls this fifth wheel, boom. She parks it on the campgrounds below the place where we're at in the, in, in the um, church. And she said, I want to bring them on site because I know if I take them away, they ain't coming back. So I'll stay with them. She did a campfire each it, Friday and Saturday and this whole thing. And Friday night we get preached. And Friday night altar call, the one granddaughter stands up. She comes forward. Before you know it, all seven. So it's eight of them at the altar. And that night I had the privilege to lead all eight to Jesus. No, I mean not just lead them to Jesus. But I'm talking, I'm talking snot bubbles. I'm talking tears. I'm talking stuff like... <laughs> First, we thought we were going to exercise. I'm just telling you straight up. If you've never been around that, that kind of freak, I was about to go. I'm like, come out. You know, I'm just telling you. But so much pain, so much hurt, so much damage. You follow me? So we're giving these encouraging words, and I have a privilege of leading them to Christ. So the next day, no, that night, the grandmother comes to pick us up, pick them up. She comes to pick them up. She couldn't stay. She didn't want to stay. She didn't want to be there to, in, to influence anything or to disrupt. And the girls are running out, Grandma, Grandma, guess what happened tonight? I received Christ. You were right. It changed my life. 
<laughs> it's so awesome. I can't believe I received Craig's grandma. And they're crying. They're all crying. I didn't even notice it. At first, somebody said, look outside. Look what's happening. And I hear them screaming and yelling about Jesus. But she takes them to the bonfire. They're having s'mores and stuff. And the three of them are down by the river smoking dope. Well, you can't transform everything in one shot. I mean, look around your table. <laughs> Ain't going to take a second shot, third shot. And I'm not talking vaccine. The next morning, we start talking about bondages and chains and, and all kinds of stuff. And that morning, you could hear, <laughs> we broke into small groups and stuff started getting broken off, broken off, broken off. All eight transformed, radically changed. I just found out last week, all eight came back and they're digging. They gave them Bibles, they did a follow-up, they're, they're on these girls. They're on them like just preaching, teaching, preaching, and teaching. How does that happen? Only through the blood of Jesus. Man, the devil's got nothing on them. The devil had them. And they cause hell to shake now. They get up in the morning and cause hell to shake. You know why? Because they lived in hell. Man, these girls were abused, tortured. You wouldn't believe it. They're gorgeous young girls. They're all in junior high. All junior high. Nobody older than ninth grade. Are you kidding me? What are we doing? So what are we doing? What do we have in our shops when somebody walks in, they're hurting, and you can tell they're hurting. You can always tell when somebody has something on their mind, right? You ask the questions, dude, what's going on? You all right? Yeah, I'm all right, I'm all right. No, wait, time out. Jimmy, come over here, take the counter. Tell me what's going on, man. I've seen it happen. My boy Chuck, I'll finish with this one. Chuck Bettinger. Um, we get down to Frankie V's. How many people know that Frankie V lost his son a couple years ago? His son was killed at a restaurant. Never made it to the hospital. We go in to see Frankie V for my golf outing. We started talking about the golf outing, and Frankie's like, you know what, this year I got something for you. Boom. I'm doing a big outing for my son, his family. We're going to do this big thing at Railside. And he goes, man, I don't know. I said, what's going on? He says, you don't understand the pain. You don't understand the pain. I, Chuck steps up and says, I do. And in that moment, just begin to, to speak into Frankie V's life, the encouragement of God in the loss of a son. And I never, I never forgot that moment, Chuck. Like, it was like such a God moment. I was, I was ready to go. You know, we had the certificates. We're going. He goes, I don't think you know what I'm going through. And Chuck turned around and says, I do. Because I lost my son prematurely also. And the way they conversed, I thought, God, there's the encouragement. There it is. There's the person that's gone through the trap, gone through the craziness, gone through the... Are you kidding me? And Paul's in prison and he says, go for it. And every time he got before all of the court, he said, listen, I don't care what you do to me. Man, I'm a Roman and you're beating me like this. Let me say this to you. I was the chief of all sinners, but now I'm all about Jesus. I'm all about Jesus. I'm all about Jesus. And man, how many people he planted seeds. Come on. And the harvest came later. I'm part of the harvest because of a man named Paul. Come on, somebody. So what are, we so what are we doing to sow into? What are we doing to encourage? What are we doing to, like, uplift? And what kind of wisdom are we putting into ourselves instead of the spirit of dum-dum? What are we learning now? What are we learning? And I'm telling you, I'm always crazy. I'm always going to have the spirit of dum-dum. I'm going to do something crazy because i got a woman that reminds me. But I'm just saying this. In all of that, in all the screaming and yelling over a little tiny ball that's running up and down the field, what are we doing to run with the ball of Christ, the Bible of Christ, the word of Christ? I want to encourage you. You are the, you are the saints of God, not the sinners anymore of God. You sin, but you're saints. You're saints that sin. Are you following me? So saints of God, brothers of God, I want to encourage you with all the wisdom and all the understanding and commitment. Get out there and make a difference. 
Get out there and do something so you can rescue one girl or one guy at a time. It might be your son. It might be your daughter. I haven't talked to for years. Keep on talking about Jesus because he's the way, the truth, and the life. You don't need anything else. Just say Jesus, man. I think they wrote a song about it a couple years ago. So I want to encourage you at 734. I just want you to bow your head real quick. I want to pray over you. I want to pray a word. Father, I pray today that the anointing of God will fall on every one of us. Lord, you said that we don't have to have a pulpit to preach. We are all preachers for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because once it's in us, it has to come out of us. So God, I pray for every step, as you gave Joshua, every step we claim for Christ. Every minute, every moment, do not let us pass opportunities by. Lord, time is too quick. Words are cheap. But God, when it's your word, it's life-changing. I pray, God, that we have people to come into our business, come into our place, come into our homes, come into my family right now, God, and help me to speak and breathe words of life, words of life. I pray the encouragement from what prison we're in right now are we preaching. What prison are we in right now that we're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? Even in the midst of our divorce, separation, child don't like us, uh, money problems. God, what are we preaching? Help us to be faithful to the truth. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Jamie.